Welcome in another edition of the Par for the Court podcast. Year. It's November 2nd. I'm sorry. Thursday, November 2nd. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. Thursday, November 3rd. What day is it? It's Thursday, November 3rd, obviously. I thought it was Thursday, November 2nd. No, no, no. That's Wednesday. It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. All right. As we're uh, just around, uh, around uh, three weeks into this NBA season. Quick three weeks. I'm not going to lie no, to you. No, like the quickest three weeks. Very quick three weeks. Ever. I mean, f- slow in some ways for me, but fast in other ways as far as the NBA goes. Depending on the terrain that you're taking on your scooter. Yeah, that's right. Meaning. Don't even talk about the scooter. Smooth floor, he's going fast. Don't even talk. Rocky about terrain, it's moving slower. Yeah, no, this it's it's really dependent on um on the, what the wheels are flying on. He That's, doesn't have all terrain wheels. No, definitely not. Yeah. So, anyways, the the Brooklyn Nets uh, fired head coach Steve Nash, two time MVP. Um. So. Oh, we're def- not even doing an intro. Definitely got to talk about that. Oh, this you is gotta, the intro. You got to yeah. Okay. You got to introduce what we're going to be talking about, Chase. Right. We're going to be talking about. Probably the most unexpected and unusual start to an NBA season I can remember in the history of my entire life. That's easily true. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, and of course, our segments. It's Cole's turn for trivia. Got a good question. So I'm excited for that. Chase submitted a segment idea and it got approved by Boss Man Cole. So I'm very excited about that. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about, Boss Man Cole. We have our own... You you clearly just run this. If I say something and you don't want to do it, we're not going to do it. Do you mean the pro- our producer? Yeah, our producer. The, yeah, yeah. Who makes the ideas? Dude. I the, submitted something in the email to our producer. Dude, the producer is a really smart... Let's just... Our producer, his name's David. He's a really smart guy, and he knows what's going to be David's good. David's fine. And what's, dude, David, when he greenlights an idea, when he gives an idea... He's a little, little dictatorial. No. David, nine times out of ten, has the right idea for the podcast, and Chase is just upset that sometimes his ideas get shot down, but in reality, David only has the the podcast's best at part. Guys, David is cold. It's not true. All right, it, it, let's get into this. All right. Well, it's par for the court podcast. It's par for the court podcast. Um, so... Steve Nash was fired as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. After a bit of a rocky start for the gang uh, down in Brooklyn, he was fired. By the way, um, got ejected two times already as we are only what? Seven. I think it's seven games in, right? For the Brooklyn Nets. I think it was seven games, two and five? It's eight games into the season. Okay, well, Steve, two, Nash, Steve only, Nash was two and five. Steve Nash only coached just six and a half games. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, was quoted as saying that the guys just weren't responding to him anymore, which might be the saddest quote I've ever heard from a coach in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, you say that to the GM, it's like, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? And it's, well, it was probably... Mutual. It was mutual. That was in the headline that it was a mutual deciding of parting ways. Well, most things... People say are mutual, but it was like, all right, was it really mutual in that situation? I this disagree. One, I think this one was one hundred percent mutual. No, I know. Oh, you're talking about most situations. Most situations, they're like it's mutual to save face, but yeah. it's not. But this time, I one hundred percent think that Steve Nash saw it both as their best interest for them, for him to not coach the team any longer. Did you see what Steve Kerr said? Yeah, I did. I and I one hundred percent agreed with him. Yeah, um, me too. 
Steve Kerr was basically going to Steve Nash's defense, talking about how he was put in a really tough spot, that it really wasn't exactly his fault how much they were struggling. No. You know, I mean, like he said, there was never one time where there was a, you know, a solid basis for them to perform. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then the weird part about this all coming together with KD and Kyrie coming to the Nets, the initial thing with KD, his response with the him wanting to come to the Nets was like... He wanted Steve Nash? No, it was, oh, they have this great culture, this great infrastructure, you know, things like that. And then they're like, ah, you should fire Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, Kenny like, Atkinson was the one that totally revamped that whole entire... Yeah. organization really he's the one that made he Nets the, games he brought fun the to shittiest watch. team to the playoffs and they almost beat the Sixers D'Angelo Russell was the best player on that team yeah. they had Jared Dudley Jared playing Dudley. rotation like he was starting well he, he was, was out there just ben to Simmons. fuck with Embiid and Ben Simmons but more so Ben Simmons but Jared Dudley was playing a pivotal role on that team as someone who's fat and out of shape really I mean he made the Nets a fun team to watch that was a team that I made sure yeah, it was a great team to I watch. was watching and yeah KD and Kyrie come, and Kevin Durant demands Steve Nash, and they demote Atkinson, who, like like we said, he was the one who was responsible for the Nets' big turnaround. Um, Atkinson don't care. He got a ring, though. Yeah, now he does. He turned down the Hornets' job. But right, great, great idea by him, by the way. Yeah. So now um, the Nets are unofficially but officially hiring Ime Udoka which was pretty shocking to me because I didn't know he was allowed to be signed yeah. at this point. But the Celtics agreed, so it's, it's going to happen. It's a very weird situation that the Celtics just let him go. And then well, Brooklyn, bad Brooklyn had to have talked to Boston saying, hey, we want to hire him. Would that be okay with you guys? And they were just like, yeah, that's fine. That's just That never happens. This is yeah, never, it's pretty unusual. never works like this. I don't know. And I've, especially Boston, I just – think it's unusual it's a division rival they no no not even just the nets i'm, I'm saying it's unusual for them because he was like objectively he was a good coach and he did a lot great of good coach. things for the celtics great coach weird to me that a team like the celtics who value winning so much are like gonna self-inflictedly get rid right. of their coach like that yeah after such a good season so and again even more weird like you said to give him away to a division rival i i don't know if we're I think it's going to be decades before we get the full story behind the Ime Udoka firing in Boston or suspension, I guess you Decades? Yeah, I do, really. No. Yeah. No, because it's going to be on one of those sit-down talk I show bet, kind of things. I bet if the Nets go on a run and they start winning games, no, that, the information somehow gets the out The NBA there. isn't the mafia. A little bit. No, I don't think You don't think Boston... Puts that information out there if Brooklyn starts doing a little bit better. I think that if that was going to happen, I already would have with the Nets hiring him. Be- but the thing, the, the thing is, it might that might um, incriminate someone else in the Celtics staff that's important. That yeah, could be it. That's true. Um, you know, maybe they they were trying to sweep it under the rug as much as they could. Maybe, possibly. We, like I said, though, we will not get the full story for a long time. Well, Udoka's one condition on getting hired was signing Josh Primo. That's why would you say that? It was. No, it wasn't. You didn't hear that? No, I didn't hear that because it wasn't. It's not true. That was Chase. on the Hoop Central. Yeah. How many L's? Three O's. The third one stands for official Hoop Central. Oh, okay. The Hoop, the Hoop Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
We're not even going to touch on the Josh. Should we even talk about the Josh Primo stuff? We don't need to. I don't. I mean, maybe we'll get back, get into it, and lose it in one of the week. But you just shouldn't do what Josh Primo did. I'm going to leave it at that. No, nah, well, for those listeners that aren't informed on this, Josh Primo, who was a first-round lottery pick last year for the San Antonio Spurs, was cut very mysteriously with no explanation whatsoever. Hours later, Josh Primo puts out a statement saying that he has some undealt with trauma that he still has not processed, and he needs to take a break from basketball. In short, to so he clear had mental, mental health. health. Yeah, saying he had mental health. But when you have mental health, you don't get cut. You take a self-inflicted step away from the team. And if that were the case, then the Spurs would say yeah, that's he one of the more to one of the more cut. progressive organizations in the league. They're not going to just yeah. be like, and oh it, yeah, you're cut. And guess what? If they did, then he's gonna like, then then the Spurs would get canceled. Horrible look on the Spurs part if that did happen. Yeah. So then, so everyone's like, oh, that's really really weird. What the hell? Two days later, boom. Josh Primo, um, no, it was the next day. It was the next day. Uh, news, news things come out. News thing come out comes out saying that Josh Primo had like several times been exposing himself to women around, uh, you know, the organization San Antonio, whatever. Just a lot of women all over the place. And one Spurs assistant coach even attested to this, saying that she was flashed herself. Very unusual. So. Who knows if he'll ever get a job in the NBA for a while. Yeah. Might be a little bit. So, obviously, last year, Ime Yudoka with the Celtics brings them to heights they haven't seen in a very long time. Um, very long time. Coaching style that the league kind of phased out and like, the yelling, yeah. hard-ass type of thing. It's gonna do be you really think that this will work in Brooklyn? How do you think it will be taken by the players? It's going to be a real sink or swim experience, especially for a player like Kyrie Irving. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be phased by it at all. But Kyrie Irving, we know, is probably the most, I think he's the most headstrong player in the entire NBA. Um, and I, who? I, Kyrie Irving is the most what? Headstrong. Who are you talking about here? Kyrie Irving yeah, is him. the most headstrong player in the NBA. What's, what's crazy about that? He's, he's insane. Headstrong. Do you know what headstrong means? Yeah. What does it mean? Strong head. What does headstrong mean? Tell me. You don't know what strong, you don't know what headstrong means. I have a vague headstrong means idea. stubborn, stuck in their ways. Th- their way I think is that's the what right way. Is headstrong is more specific. Kyrie Irving is the most headstrong player in the NBA, and I could very well see, you know, Ime Udoka inflict punishments on him. Um, you know, even maybe bench him sometimes if he doesn't adapt to his way of going about things. And if that happens, then I think it's probably for the best of, of the Nets, to be honest. Um, maybe he'll learn a lesson. Maybe he'll just leave the team. But either way, Ime Udoka is going to be getting rid of some headaches, and that getting rid of headaches may help the Nets as far as wins. It might, it might hurt the Nets as far as wins because they lose talent for some games. But I think this either is, way, there's going to be a big change in the way the Nets operate. I think this is interesting in the fact that I don't think Kyrie and KD had anything to do with this hire. Um, KD was asked about when he, he heard was about surprised. He heard about the Steve Nash news after waking up from a nap at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting that he wasn't advised on the firing and clearly means he wasn't 
talk to talk to about the hiring of Udoka. Yeah, no. Um, one thing you got to look out for is uh, Udoka's, you know, known for his defensive schemes, his defensive coaching methods. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be real uh, a real testament to whether it's personnel or scheme because we all know the Nets do not have the personnel to be an elite defensive teams. Not at I'd say, all. I'd say they have the personnel to be an average to slightly above average defensive I team. I think any... But it, it requires buy-in. I'm gonna, I was going to say, any NBA team can be an average to above slightly average. above average. You just, don't get to the NBA just by... Just off willpower. You don't get to the NBA just by, I mean, without an ability to be an no, these are, defender. These are the greatest athletes on the universe. They, if they wanted on to the, play defense... On the whole universe. It, yeah. I fully agree and The greatest on the universe. Yes. Greatest on the universe. Yes, they are. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'm excited to see how his defensive schemes can be implemented. Um, I, don't, I don't think this Brooklyn team has anywhere near the defensive prowess that Boston, Boston had. had just yeah. off personnel, but I think Yudoka will nudge them in the right, in the right direction. Yep. Um, one thing that I'm really hoping to happen is maybe uh maybe Udoka unlocks Ben Simmons. Maybe it's enough of the it's a, maybe it's enough of um no more know, coddling. No no more hand holding for Ben Simmons. He's just gonna yell at him like, hey man, shoot the ball. Hey man, lay the ball up. Yeah, Go get fouled. I think yeah. I think you might be right. And um one thing I was actually talking to Chase in the car about this earlier. Um and he he said, you know, save it for the podcast. Yeah, like, I wasn't right. listening. That's rude to say. You talk a lot, so I have to listen to select Yo, things. You are rude. Just say Steve Nash may have been too much of a player's coach for that personnel on the on the Nets roster. That's what he was hired to be, though. Yeah, but that's not what they needed. They had they have enough, you know, players. Players. They don't need like for it's, a player's coach hard, to work. It's hard to completely flip a coaching style like that. Yeah, for players for a player's coach to work, they need some really good leaders. Kevin Durant is not a good leader. I'm just going to say it. He's not a guy that can lead your locker room and hold people accountable and, you know, just overall make the team better mentally because guess what? He's he's just not built that way. He doesn't want to be that way and he's expressed that. Like he you know, it's just not something he wants to waste his energy on. He wants to worry about, you know, going out and scoring and and playing well. Yeah, he Literally, Gerald McCoy tweeted at him today, football player. He said, man, I feel bad for my guy at KD Trey 5. They have to get him some help, man. Yeah. He said, love you, my brother, but please stop. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm playing ball for a living. That's really enough for me. Yeah. Like, that, that's, a, that's a telling tweet, if anything. They, they lost, Not to read close, into tweets they lost like that. an overtime game, right. and, and they he were up, tweeted that. They were, by the way, they were up 10 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's a winnable game, right? Yeah. I mean – it's very well true. Like you shouldn't really feel too bad for any player in the NBA. As like you said, they're making millions of dollars. But tweeting that after an overtime you loss, don't tweet that. You don't do it. You just don't do it. KD doesn't care what he tweets, but you yeah, know, still. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be real. Uh, it's just it's gonna be something. And the Nets are not gonna stop being a soap opera because their personnel lends itself too much to being just that. Yeah. Um, you have anything else to say? No, I think that's it. I think this is a good move for Brooklyn. All right, yeah, I, I, I agree, although I feel bad for Steve Nash, and I think this was not his fault. I don't feel bad for Steve Nash. I feel bad for Steve Nash. I think, okay. Well, we'll whatever. discuss later. Um, okay, the NBA's unusual start. What the hell is going on? 
Um, some notable upsets so far. Every Jazz win. They beat the Grizzlies twice. They beat the Pelicans. They beat the Wolves. They beat the Nuggets. Every Spurs win. They beat the Wolves twice. Twice they beat yeah. the Wolves. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Sixers. Um, the Pacers beat the Nets. The Thunder beat the Mavs. Thunder beat the Clippers twice. The Blazers beat the Suns. Um, this leads us. Blazers to beat the Lakers. Funny fact. Now, uh, with that, let's take a look at the standings. The Eastern Conference isn't crazy until you look at the bottom half, where you see the Heat and the Nets not even in the plane right now. Oh, the uh, Heat aren't. We'll Never mind. You know what? All right. I was. It's we're eight games in. I was surprised. Then a you look shocking. At, then you look at the Western Conference and you see the top five. Suns at number one, Blazers at two, Jazz at three, Spurs at four, and then the yeah Pelicans at five. That's not how that should look. Not at all. We also have the Thunder in the seventh seed, right where they want to be, right? Perfect. Um, Chet maybe comes back early, helps them to the four seed. And then you look in the back half, you see the Clippers in the 11th seed, the Warriors in the 12th seed, and of course the Lakers, second to last. Um, so, yeah. Number first team I want to talk about, the Clippers. Do you know why they have been losing? Kawhi Leonard has played 42 minutes this year. Cole, did you know that? I did know that. Um, the Clippers have had, you know, injuries such as Kawhi Leonard. Well, not that he hasn't been injured. They're just injury managing. But so they've been resting, guys. You could say that, but there's also the fact that Paul George has been wildly underperforming so far this year as a collective. Now, last night, or last game, rather, against the Rockets, he picked it up. He had 35 points, mm -hmm. um, which was good. He had a game winner. Um, but again, it is, Pretty good. it is the Rockets, though. That shouldn't be a game where it's, that's that much of a headache. Yeah, the Rockets um, don't want to win. So Overall, PG is underperforming. And, I mean, um, what was it? Um, in the Clippers' loss to the Thunder, he was 4 of 12, 10 points. You want to if you want to win your best player can't be four of twelve and, get up and have 12 ten shots. points. Yeah, um, it's just not going to work. Um, so, yeah, Clippers, they'll they'll turn around though. You already know they're going to turn around. They got too many good players, and they're too well coached not to. We're not worried about them. Yeah, the the whole Kawhi thing is just it's just tough to see because obviously he's been out for fifteen months. What's tough to see about it? That he's been out for 15 months and he still can't get on the floor. Dude, that's – I 1 million percent think without a doubt in my mind that if someone held a gun to his head and said, if you don't, if you don't play 30 minutes a night every game, then you're going to get shot, he would have no problem at all doing so. But if you're Kawhi – Not even a if, little bit. If you're Kawhi Leonard, his injury history, and you wake up, your knee's not feeling right, what are you doing? I know, of course, if he's not going to play. He's not. He's literally only worried about just getting to the playoffs. I'm just telling you that it's not tough to see because this is all on him. This Kawhi, Tyloo said that Kawhi is frustrated. I don't buy that for a second that Kawhi is frustrated. He said it's frustrated. Yeah, I don't believe him. I think that Tyloo's telling the media something they probably want to hear. I don't think that Kawhi is frustrated because I think that he's literally babies, he's babying himself. To be honest, he, I was going to say he might need maybe a steeper ramp for the process. Yeah, one million percent he needs a steeper ramp because this ramp up period 
has been too slow. And I don't think that he should have been coming off the bench. I don't like that. I think that was, I don't even know. I can't say an attention grab because that's not something Kawhi would do. But when you're a star player and you come back, you start, you just play less minutes. It doesn't even make yeah. a lick of sense because guess what? That, like, especially injuries, you're worried about having a really good warm up so that you're loose enough that you're not going to have problems. You sitting on the bench is not going to help you at all. Well, that's what the Warriors did with Clay. Like, the first game back, it was start, play five minutes, sit down. Get warmed up again. Get warmed up again. Go play five more minutes. Yeah. And then, but that's when you're you out do. there, when you're out there, get up as many shots as you can, get back in a rhythm. Yeah. I don't know. know if you noticed, but uh, Kawhi's first game back, he didn't do any sort of warming up whatsoever. He sat on the bench, and then he got up and For then won the like, game. 25 minutes yeah, exactly. real, real that's, time. That's why that, I don't buy it, do and that's it. why it's unusual. So, yeah. Enough for the Clippers. I have one question, though. Okay, what? You have all this. We're talking about this Kawhi stuff, and he's not staying on the floor. Why does AD get so much more hate than Kawhi for this? Because AD is much more in the media, and he also is much more of a baby about it, and he's much more visible with his injuries. Um, and also the Lakers, again, are just – the Lakers. Everyone is watching them. Everyone's paying way, way close attention. Um, but yeah, Kawhi. Should they be getting the same level of hate? Um, uh, why maybe is a bad question, but should no, they? no, they shouldn't. Really? No. Kawhi is much more of an established player. He's done much more um, in this league, um, and I think he's a better player overall, like legacy wise and everything. Yeah. Um, Kawhi has two or three championships. Um, either way, I think two. Um, he's much more of an no, accomplished three, player. Three. He had two with San Antonio. Okay, three. Um, he's much more of an comp. No, he's won two. Really? He won. Yeah, the the Spurs went to the finals back to back times, both against the Heat. They won one, lost one, and then Kawhi obviously had the Raptors championship, um, which that was nothing short of heroic on Kawhi's part. What he did in that Raptors uh, run, but yeah, Anthony Davis is just. You, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Next. Something I thought about. Good point. Next team. Warriors. Um, Warriors, it's a mix of a tough schedule and resting guys. They're upset. Like, they lost to the Hornets. Nobody played. Really. Yeah. Um, and they've just overall been playing tough teams. They have had a lot of early um, national TV games, which is obviously going to happen as the, the NBA wants to get that product out there early on to get everyone excited and everything. Yep. Um, and there's really not much to talk about here because we all know the Warriors are going to figure it out and the Warriors are going to turn around. I mean. Yeah, I mean, just me, when I was looking at this and thinking about the Warriors situation, there was never a point where I was like, oh, this is not good. This is yeah. going to be detrimental to them along the line. I think Steve Kerr normally – Steve Kerr in past training camps has said, like, they're not going to go all out and run guys down in training camp and try and get them super in shape for the start of the season because he understands how much of a grind it is, how long of a season it is. So they kind of ease guys in through the first couple months of the year. And past years they had far more talent so they could kind of mask it and still get away with winning games. And this year, very different preseason as they went to Japan and had less practices than most teams did and they're also bringing along a few young guys with Moses Moody um, James Wiseman and Kaminga so those guys are coming into bigger roles with the fact that 
guys are still ramping up like Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. There's no real worry here. They're just, you know. Yeah. It's, the only, a, it's a long haul for them, and they know that. The only, and like, even with other losses, the only game you can point to and say, like, that was just a loss, like, that's that's 100% on them. Everyone did everything. Um, when they played the Pistons, and that was really just um, the role players had a poor shooting night, and the Pistons were extremely hot. So, yeah. you know, no uh, no worries here on the Warriors' part. No. Um, we always have the Nets, who we already talked about a good amount, and I don't think we need to touch on them again. No. no. We, don't, we covered all that. Um, Sixers. You're going to say, oh, well, they're 4-4, four and four, but their only wins are the Pacers – uh, one against the Raptors, they split uh, one one loss. One against the Raptors, they beat the Bulls and they beat the Wizards. Uh, by the way, they're about to lose the Wizards tonight. Um, but yeah, Sixers. We also uh, touched on them a good amount in past podcasts. Yeah. Um, they not have all much, the ta- not much has changed since that. Yeah, not really. So yeah, Timberwolves. This is a different story. This we've got to talk about. Yeah. Um, and again, the Timberwolves are also four and four. So you'd say, that's, you know, beginning of the season. What do, you, what do you mean? Horrible schedule. They have had by far the easiest schedule in the league. This is, this is by far. Um, so one thing, uh, this is this last, uh, last night against the Suns, that was their first real test of the season. Uh, they, of course, obviously, very blatantly, obviously, lose to the Suns. Blatant. Because obviously they were going to lose. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's visit the post-game presser. Um, where an interesting occurrence happened. Um, Jordan McLaughlin's being asked a question as Anthony Edwards is looking at the stat sheet. Just just kick back looking at the stat sheet because that's where, at the tables, that's where the stat sheets are put after the game. Um, and he's like, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's quiet. And then all of a sudden, he has this, ver- this like visible, like, whoa, what the hell, like, moment. And then out loud, he says... Our starting five was all minuses, minus 18, minus 12, minus 14. And their whole starting five was plus 20. Wait, he, he said that out loud? He said that out loud. He, I didn't he, know that. He says, that's crazy. Edward says to McLaughlin, as if no one else in the room was there. That's what he said. Or that's how he was saying it. It was as if he was having a one-on-one conversation. And then he says this, and our bench was plus, plus, plus. That's, <laughs> dude. Kind of tough. That's that's really tough. I bad, mean, bad look. I mean, but what do you want him to like? That's pretty crazy. And Anthony Edwards has had a good start to the year. He's scoring the ball. He's playing defense. Can't he's dunk it. Yeah, he hasn't dunked yet, and he's an explosive player. But that's because of the how much their lanes clogged with not all peaches, this, not all peaches and creams. Those you know? guys who can't play together. Um, now, overall, their starting lineup is uh, as a. Their starting lineup's net rating is minus five, and they are averaging less points per 100 possession than the Lakers starters. Yeah, their, their offense is 24th in the league out of 30 teams. Yeah, their offense is averaging less points per game or po- points per 100 possessions than the Lakers starters, who everyone points to as the least cohesive unit in the league. Yeah, that's that's hard to do almost. Yeah, 100 it is, and the fact that they aren't six and two at least through the stretch is. Really, really worrying if, if I'm a Timberwolves fan. Um, and I watch this team, and I don't think I, – when I watch this team, I'm not like, oh, I mean, this is – these are problems that are easily fixed. These are problems no. that, you know, they're going to figure it out. Because this isn't a group that's, that's proven 
the ability to do so. Like this isn't a group that you're like, oh well, these guys got veteran pieces. They're this is a team that's going to figure it out. Yeah, Rudy Gobert no- is notorious for being a part of teams with inner squad conflict. Right. There's nobody on the team you point to is like, oh, he's a leader. He's been there before. He's going to get them to where they need to be. Yeah. Not one. And on top of that, you got guys coming off the bench who are red hot. And I look at that and I think that's the least sustainable uh, thing that's that could happen in the league. This this bench staying as hot as they have. Also, you got guys like Kyle Anderson putting up solid numbers. Nas Reed is playing out of his mind. Great. Great, great playing for him. Um, Torian Prince been really solid. Austin Rivers been really solid. Jordan McLaughlin obviously really solid. This isn't this isn't sustainable for them. It's also tough with a team like this. I feel like going back to the starters playing so horribly and the bench doing so well. It's not really a starting five that you can just be like, oh, you're out, and we're gonna start. Austin, Austin Rivers or something like that. That, like that, would go up in smoke if they did that. It's like yeah. D'Angelo Russell. You're not starting tonight. Jordan McLaughlin starting. That's that's going to be a whole other can of worms to open for them. Could you elaborate? I think that's just not really this team to where D'Angelo Russell would take that with a good understanding of oh, this is going to be. Oh, you mean ego wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I thought you were talking system wise, which I no. think is also an issue. Like if they want to make this change. Which literally couldn't – that's that's what also – that just made me think of this. Like, they have put all their eggs in this basket of being able to play Towns and Gobert at the same time. And even if they like, – they cannot go back. They literally cannot go back. No. It's really, really looking grim. They have far too much money in those two guys to go back. No. And, I mean, even if they did decide to hedge their bets and trade Gobert away, which they – Legit couldn't do. I don't think a single team in the league is seeing this, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'd love to have him right now with that contract and the extension he signed." Yeah. I don't um, know. The what they'd have to what they'd have to give up as far as even more picks, it wouldn't even be possible with the new NBA rules. So yeah, grim, grim times in Minnesota. Sorry, Jameson. Okay, Los Angeles. Lakers. Nah, we're not talking about the Lakers again. What, what is there else? What else is there to talk about? Um, well, I got two things to talk about with the Lakers. All right, talk on them then. Um, if you follow Cole on Twitter, I even tweeted about this. Um, in the Lakers' first win of the year against an extremely solid Denver Nuggets team, Russell Westbrook played great. And when I say played great, I don't mean that he put up thirty, had a triple double. I mean he just made. Good, smart plays all game. He didn't do anything glaringly bad. He was making good cuts. He was playing solid defense. He made a three-pointer. He did everything that you could that you could want him to do on this current Lakers setup, and they end up winning the game. He did what a starting NBA player should do for his team. Okay. Well, so you're you you can't you can't give someone his flowers. You can't give someone their flowers after playing well, playing above what they've been doing recently. Do it one more time. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying here. If the Lakers can can keep that up, keep Russ Westbrook's play how it was there, then they I firmly believe they could be an above 500 team in this NBA. Um, yeah, I do. I do think that. Um, with that being said, I would still make the trade to the Pacers. Yeah. 
which leads me to my next point. Miles Turner was on the Woj pod last week. This has never happened. I don't I was racking my brain. Has this ever happened? I really don't think it has. No. Miles Turner, current Indiana Pacer, was asked about the trade rumors with LA and was quoted saying this. Asked about uh, the trade to Lakers if, if it were happening. He said, Yes, it, it's appealing. Just playing in the bigger market. I just feel like here in the Midwest, we don't get the love that I think we deserve. It doesn't get taken on the national level. You were under a microscope out there in the, um, at the West. When you, were go- when you were doing bad, you're going to hear about it. When you're doing great, you're going to hear a lot about it and get a lot of love, especially with the love that the Lakers get. I think that another aspect is playing with greatness and playing under LeBron. Playing under LeBron. I just I feel like he demands a certain level of excellency, especially at this point of his career. It's just one of those things. When you're out there, you got to perform. People are going to expect you to go out there and hold on to that legacy the Lakers have built over the years. And he said uh, later on, if I'm the Lakers, I seriously consider uh, trading for me, um, thinking about what I can do for the team. He's selling a trade for himself to the Lakers, not demanding, selling a trade to the Lakers for himself. Yeah, and I think that he doesn't even need to demand a trade at this point because it goes unspoken, no. but the Pacers are not the Pacers have no incentive whatsoever to speed up this this trade request. You know, like why what, what, what would they get out of They're trading him? Winning right a now? lot of games right now. I don't think a, I mean not a lot. More than they would like to, I think. That's for sure, but that's a lot because of uh players like Benedict Matherin who are they playing out of their mind. Might need somebody else to take the ball. <laughs> good, what, are they going to breast Benedict Matherin? They, no, they only just, just now started to start him. Put Westbrook on the court, and it's crazy how little touches him. Speaking of which, if I'm, a, if I'm a Pacers fan, I'm a little worried about Chris Duarte, who has been very yeah? underperforming recently. He started off last year so hot as a rookie. What do the numbers say about our Pacers fans that listen to this? Not good. They don't, not a lot of patience. Not fans. a lot. Not a lot. Of, but I'm. I mean, I'm just worried about Chris Duarte's production. Such a small like, market. We don't talk about it much. You know. Yeah. You know. There's not really a, a lot of a big spotlight on the Midwest teams. No. Um, more so on the Lakers. Right. Um. That's why you know if I'm a, a Pacer, I want to get traded to the Lakers. Exactly. You know. Buddy Heald did not have has not commented, but I'm sure he feels the same way. You know, like he's like, man, what I'm, the Lakers got to consider this. Got a lot of Kobe sixes to pack up, but I'm sure he'd do it. I mean. You know, there are a lot more Kobe 6s in uh, L.A. colors than, than Indiana colors. Do you know that? Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Not probably. Definitely. Did you? They um, released some in, in some Pacers colors back in the day. Yeah, the six rings. They're kind of, you could say they're Pacers colors. Uh, by the way, anyone who's a shoe fan, look up the Kobe 4 undefeateds that Josh Giddy wore last night in their game against the Magic because they are insane. Just a sidebar. Okay. Next team. That is underperforming. This one hits near and dear. The Miami Heat. Yeah, see, I have notes for every team that we've discussed so far. For the Heat, I just have let Cole rant for five minutes. So you go ahead. Tell me what's wrong with the Heat. Well, I got some good news, honestly. Um, the Heat, they won last night. Yeah? Against the Golden State Warriors. Looked pretty freaking good. And we yeah, saw a good win, bottom of the West, you know. That's the worst. Good win. Uh, Kyle Lowry had a solid outing. Duncan Robinson had 17 points, including three threes in the fourth quarter. 13 points, Kyle Lowry, right? Kyle Lowry did have 13 points, and that's, that's, that's a good performance for him. 
Um, the bad news is I don't expect that to that to keep up at all from Kyle Lowry. So that's what's worrisome. Um, the other worrisome bit is the uh, let's just let's just say how the how the how our good players are playing together. And one thing that's very worrisome is that Tyler Hero, although he is our leading scorer right now, I'm sorry, the second leading scorer, Jimmy Butler is the leading scorer. Um, basically, any unit that's on the floor with him has been close to negative. Um, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, and Jimmy Butler on the floor together have a net range of minus one, whereas Kyle Lowry and Jimmy, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler on the floor together, excluding Tyler Hero, is a plus nine. Jimmy Butler on the floor by himself without Lowry and Hero is a plus six. Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero on the floor without Jimmy Butler is, get ready, a minus 52. Whoa. Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler together without Kyle Lowry, minus 10. Kyle Lowry by himself, plus 10. And Tyler Hero by himself without Lowry and Jimmy Butler, net rateage of zero which is, means what is played, a ratage it what do you mean what is a ratage are you talking about ratings or ratage net rating oh okay my fault it's it's net rg that just rated you know whatever yeah that you know to rating okay well either way that's really 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 worrisome and i don't know what's got to happen because tyler hero worked so very hard this offseason on a, improving his body, getting better at the defensive end. That's why this is so unusual to see. Um, some may say it's because he's a ball stopper on offense, um, and the, you know, other players aren't getting involved as much. Other players aren't warm and ready when they get the ball to, to knock down shots when he's on the floor. Too much, too many ISOs, um, and I think that could get better. The offensive part because Tyler Hero can find you know more smooth areas of the game to you know thrive on do well in but defensively i don't see how this can get better um so that that i'm gonna be honest does has me does have me worried as a heat fan i um, think this might just be small early, sample size early season that's what i'm hoping that's that's sure what i'm hoping um but yeah duncan robinson also needs more minutes that's all i'm gonna say but yeah, we're, I mean, as Jimmy Butler said, he still expects us to win the championship, which has me still expecting to win the championship. So that's a good thing to hear out of the boy Jimmy Butler. And what do you expect Jimmy to say there, though? Like, I expect, dude, any any player, any, any, some. Uh, we're not going to win. We are bad. No, no. A lot of players would be like, yeah, you know, we're, we're not doing great right now. Um, you know, ever, we're going to do everything we can to pick it up. That's what they would say. That's, that's, that's not how Jimmy is, though. Yeah, but that's the if there was a multiple choice of answers for what Jimmy would have said there, that's what I'm picking. Yeah, well, I guess you just don't hold value on Jimmy says, because I do. No, I didn't say that. I just that's what I expect him to say. When Jimmy makes guarantees, you don't just hold that. You know, I can probably I bet I can pull up five guarantees that Jimmy said that weren't that didn't happen. Okay, that's your homework for next podcast. Okay. Okay. Deal. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Okay, great. No, okay, yeah. All right, I'm gonna, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, let's let's see if you let's see if you can find that because I don't think you can. All right, guarantee I will. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you didn't pick up on that. Wow. Okay. Do you have any other um, underperforming teams that we need to talk about? No, I think we got them. All right. 
That's great. Let's move on to the segments. Winner of the week. My winner of the week. Is it okay if I go first? Yeah, go ahead. It's the Phoenix Suns. No one is talking about them whatsoever what because of all the other crap that's going on in the league. The Suns are 6-1, and one, the number one seed in the West. That's, I mean, they're the number one seed overall. Um, and that's a good thing. That's it's something we should be happy about, yeah. especially with how much of a tumultuous start they had to this NBA season. Not, not game-wise, but off the court. With the ownership thing, with the DeAndre and Monty Williams drama, everything that's going on. Chris Paul's aging. It's also big that every other team that will be a playoff team in the West right now is at or below 500 pretty much, yeah. we could say. And they're not going to have to be one of the teams that it's they're fighting, have to pick it up. fighting to get above 500 and trying to get back to the top. Yeah, 100%. And one thing that has me encouraged is that Chris Paul, to begin the year, his first, first few games, wasn't looking too hot. These past few games, he has very much so turned it up, especially scoring the ball-wise, shooting the ball-wise. So that's pretty encouraging. Um, so, yeah, happy for the Suns. Who's your one of the week? Steve Nash. That's your one of the week? Yeah, that's my winner of the week. He's my loser of the week. How? He doesn't have to deal with this circus that is the Brooklyn Nets anymore. He can relax. Like he can go on a couple podcasts and clear his name very quickly. That's not Steve Nash's style. He wouldn't go out and talk. He could. Crap. He would not go out and, and, and talk mess about any. Nets he probably players. won't go out and talk bull junk about the Nets. But he can chill out. He can spend time with his kids. It's probably something he wants to do. Go on some vacations. Enjoy the millions that he made. Not get any more gray hairs from the Nets. He won the week. I have him as loser week just because I feel bad for him. I feel bad about what happened, how everything went down, because I think that this is going to... He's dealt a bad hand. This is going to leave a, um, a poor taste in his mouth when it comes to coaching when I think that Steve Nash has all the capabilities in the world of being a great NBA coach. I think that the uh, system that he was able to, or that he was going to run was um, held back. By his personnel, I think his personnel was way too ISO heavy. And I know they, they said all the right words to the media when it comes to like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm all for a movement style off, uh, offense. Yeah, we should ISO less. I really don't think that their play indicated that. No, and I think that not at all. I think that if the Nets players wanted to move the ball and have a high-level offensive system, it would have been it would have happened. And it just didn't. Um, I don't think that's – again, Steve Nash was too much of a player's coach for him to yell at them and be like, no, you guys got to stop ISOing. Because, again, how are you going to tell as a coach, as a first-year coach, how are you going to tell Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to not ISO? Yeah, you can't. Imagine the balls it would take to do that. Even though all the signs on the floor when we watched the game were pointing to the fact that there was movement needed on the offensive side of the ball. Not to mention a lot of the dummies out there may still point the – like. Be like, yeah, that damn right he should have been fired. That's this is all his fault. And you look at the personnel in the Nets, and you're like, oh, any 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 halfway decent coach could uh, get them to a top three seed in the, in the East and make them win. Well, guess what? When there was somewhat of a semblance of continuity, when you had the Harden, uh, uh, Durant, Irving team that was healthy, they, guess what? Yeah, they they were great. top three, and they did look great. 
And then everything went to shit. And then, uh, you know, infrastructure wise, and that's when it all started falling apart. Yeah. It's not Steve Nash's fault. And I hope that the dummies out there get that in their minds to not get mad at him. And I hope someday we see him coaching again and hope he succeeds. And I also feel bad he never won the championship. And I think that he would have won the championship had um, what's his face not hip checked him into the stand or into the sideline, which caused the whole entire Suns bench to get up, uh, causing them all to get suspended due to the malice of the palace incident, which said that anyone who leaves their bench during a scuffle gets suspended one game, which is why they weren't what is able this, to just like a play I'm against I'm going to show off my knowledge episode? In game seven. In okay, yeah, win. nice. Congrats. You, so that's you know things. All right, F you, dude. Steve okay. Ash. Who's your loser of the week, Chase? My loser of the week, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some might say they're the winner of the week for getting a new head coach that's good, uh, that's, that's more suited for them. Well, I mean, I just think, you know, everybody... I think Kyrie's the loser of the week, not because, like, you know, it's not his fault. I think Kyrie's the loser of the week because he's being a loser right now. Yeah, a little bit. So let's, let's make it more so just Kyrie, because I don't think Kevin Durant cares. And I don't think anyone is blaming Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant's going to lose the week. Let's just I, make Kyrie Kevin over. Durant is to blame for the dumpster fire that the Nets have been. Well, he made it. No. Slightly, he, right? We can agree on um, that. Slightly? Maybe slightly, but he's given all indication in the world that he's not willing to be a leader and a good veteran. So I think that uh, Nets infrastructure should have pushed more to get a solid leader, um, leadership quality veteran. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's really on them. I think that you can put a lot of burden on Kevin Durant, and a lot of burden comes to on him naturally because he's such an offensive, um, you know, machine. That's what he brings to the team. What he brings is not leadership. So you shouldn't expect him to grow his responsibilities when, in fact, he's shown so much of the fact that he's not going to be growing his responsibilities as far as an NBA team goes. So no, I don't think this is really Kevin Durant's fault. And I think, honestly, he's being asked too much of when people are like, oh, he needs to get Kyrie in check. I don't think anyone – I don't know if – I really don't know if anyone on earth can get Kyrie Irving in check, which is why – LeBron did. That was before he became Kyrie, honestly. I think what I think Kyrie, we didn't know? I think Kyrie got CTE. No, that's not a lie. I think Kyrie – no. What? Now, I don't know how many of you guys listened to the Road Trip and Podcast early on, but there was, there was inklings – of Kyrie becoming this person. Oh, yeah. He would when, say wild stuff on there every episode he was on. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving, when he was in the Road Trip and Pod, he said that when he leaves the game, he wants to basically start his own utopian society. And he was talking about all this Zen that he's going to create. But basically, this is so serious. What he was describing was communism. He was talking about how there's going to be no money and everyone's going to have the same exact thing. Everyone's going to have their own house. Um, you know, everyone's... Everyone's, I mean, I'm sorry, not everyone's going to, everyone's going to have the same house. There's going to be no titles and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't realize that he was just describing communism. Um, so that was troubling. He also, of course, is, uh, was like the, the, you know, the earth is flat. Um, that was interesting. But That is where that came out, yeah. Yeah, but I think that that was just around the rise of the player empowerment era. And that was a lot in part, I mean... I don't know if LeBron kept him in check. I really, we don't we don't really know, but I just don't think Kyrie's, you know, let's just let's say his um, his brazenness it hadn't come to fruition all the way, and that you can agree on. Yeah, I would agree with that. So Kyrie's loser week for being uh, just an asshole, jerk, arrogant person. 
Let's say that. Okay, fine. Yeah, just change my loser of the week. That's cool. Well, do you agree? No. You, I didn't convince you that Kevin Durant was not the loser of the week? Who's your winner of the week? Did you even say yours? Yeah, the Suns. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your tweet of the week, Cole? I got two tweets of the week. There was a lot of good tweets out there. Yeah. Um, this, this tweet that I'm going to um, say right now, I literally saw it right before we uh, started recording. This, this has nothing to do with the current NBA. Um, this is a screenshot of a man who uh, has the Twitter handle of Barbaric Mango. Nice. Who, in 2017, uh, the night of the draft, decided to give out some takes on every, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that were selected. He, decide, he declared Markel Fultz was going to be a star. Lonzo Ball, star. Nice. Jason Tatum, bust. Josh Jackson, star. Good take. De'Aaron Fox, role player. Jonathan Isaac, slept on star. All right. Laurie Markkinen, bust. And here's the, here's, the, here's the big one. Frank, quote, the motherfucking tank, unquote, Nidalekina, huge star. So just so wrong. He didn't every get single one. a single one right. Not a single one. That's almost. Do you know that, how hard that is? That's yeah. That's that's harder than getting like fifty percent of them right. That's so hard to get every single one wrong. I mean, De'Aaron Fox might become a role no. player. No, he's no, already, no, he he's, will. I yeah. think he will. What do you mean? Every star, every NBA player becomes a role player. Melo was a role player the last four or five sooner, years of his career. Does that mean? Than, I don't think De'Aaron Fox will enter a stardom phase. Dude, he already is a star. If you're averaging over 23 a game right. and eight assists, you're or seven assists, you're a star. That's there's no there's no debate about it. He's on a bad team. Demarcus Cousins was a star. Is that debatable? Are you saying Demarcus? Because they're basically the Tyreke same Evans exact. Was a star? No, that was for way low, short of a time. That's he, what I'm saying. It'll be a shorter time that he averages 20. No, 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 no. Tyreek Evans was a star his rookie year and rookie year only. That makes him not a star. He was he was an up and coming he was an up and coming guy, and then he wasn't. You're not even listening to what I'm. I'm. I'm oh my gosh, Chase. The majority of De'Aaron Fox's career, he will be a top three player on his team. That's not a role player. Is that is that is are you agreeing with this? I can agree with that, but if they don't win and you're a top three player on your team, what does that mean for your status in the league? I was saying top three to give myself room in case he left to get on a better team. Right now he's obviously the best player on this team. And they're not doing anything. So what does that mean? He's still a for star. His status as a player in the D- league. That doesn't make him a role player. That makes him a star still. He won't be a role player until he leaves this team, goes to another team, and is the fifth or fourth best player or even a bench player. So you're wrong. Okay, fine. I'm wrong. Whatever. Oh, don't, don't get all salty now. That's no, cool. No, that, don't get salty now because not. you're just wrong. All right. Oh, okay. What's your tweet? My tweet of the week. Oh, my gosh. This guy. Posted by NBA memes. Um, That's the most sad anyone's ever said NBA memes. Picture of Ben Simmons on the bench. He's wearing a blue cardigan and a red floral shirt that a grandmother would wear. 
and uh, they tweeted, Prime Ben Simmons is back. Meaning that he's always hurting on the bench. Ah, good so one. That's my tweet of the week. Good one. Very good one. Thank you. Nice job. All right. And uh, my second tweet of the week, um, at Curry Piston was two ends tweeted, this is a wild picture. The picture in question, it is Kyrie Irving playing in a basketball game right in front of a group of one, two, three, four, five, six people sitting courtside with shirts that says, let's say, fight anti-Semitism. Bet they're Jewish. Well, a good amount of them wearing yarmulkes, while all the men were. And that's yeah, what I, traditionally Jew men wear. I didn't pick that as my tweet of the week because I knew you were going to pick it because you're like a hype beast type of guy. So. Uh, that makes me a hype beast? Yeah. Just This is a great tweet. This is an all-time tweet. That's why I didn't pick it. I'm so happy that these uh, group of individuals decided to go out and do this. So r- big shout see, out to them. Did you see the video of Kyrie going up to them and saying, I'm happy you guys are here? No way. Yeah. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. What? Yeah. What do they do? How do they react? I don't. The clip just got caught. He just said, "I'm happy you guys are here." That's 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 not fair. Okay, but yeah, that's that's great. Okay, on to the trivia question of the week. As we touched on this a little bit earlier, we got a uh, Benedict Matherin off to a great start this rookie year. He's averaging uh, over twenty points a game, uh, along with Paolo Banquero as the two leading rookie scorers so far this year. With that, I would like to ask you, how many of, now, there are 21 of them, 21 players in the rookie seasons have averaged over 20 points per game over the course of the entire season, minimum 32 games played. How many of those 21 can you name? Tyreek Evans. That's one. How many did you say? 21. Uh, I'm going to go Wilt. Yes. MJ. Yes. LeBron. Yes. Charles Barkley. No. Kevin Durant, obviously. That was, I don't know why I put that <laughs> Charles one. Charles so Barkley. Um, did, did Kevin Durant? Yes, he did. Dude, he had yes, he to. did. Charles Buckley was in the 76ers with Dr. J and Moses Malone okay. and Andrew Tony. Yeah, that's why I was hesitant to say it. Okay, you got um, five. Kareem. Yes. No. No? Wait. Yeah, no, he didn't. Five. You still got five. Um, Larry Bird. No. Really? Mm-mm. I would have been so much better at this. You got to pick this up, man. I'm trying to think, man. I can't. There are some really big names. Magic? No. Is Magic a score? Dude, you're missing a lot of bigs. Carl Malone. Shaq. No. Carl, no Carl Malone. Yes, Shaq. Hakeem. Yes. You got seven. Um... You are missing, um, let's see, one of the best scorers of all time. Um, George Gervin. No. This guy was a top 75 player. 
He's a small forward. He's light skin. George Gervin. <laughs> no. You just described yeah. George yes, Gervin. Yes, but no. Yes, but no. He's not he's not on here. Cornrows. Allen Iverson. Yes, but that that's not the guy I was describing. Is he on there? Yeah. You have eight. This guy wears headbands. Or wore headbands. I'm so blanking right he now. He played on five teams. Three in a very short span. Two, he had more long-lived careers. Um, both in those, on those, both both those teams, he was all stars, and those back three, he were not all stars. He did not win go to an all star game. He was drafted to a Western Conference team, and then traded east, and put out a video talking about he was going home. <laughs> this, this guy, uh, he has Carmelo Anthony. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nine. Um, you're missing a high-flying power forward. You are missing a not-so-high-flying, but extremely, extremely, extremely good power forward. You're missing a Duke uh, alumni power forward. Leitner didn't score 28 game. Nope. I, this I guy, you could say power forward or center. Definitely not. We definitely wasn't Leighton. This guy was African-American. I, I can't think of any names right now. I'm sorry. Elton Brand. Um, light skin power forward, one of the best power forwards of all time. I don't know. Tim Duncan. Okay. Do you just give up? Yeah, I give up. I, my brain's at a zero right now. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Really poor way to end the podcast. Guys, you would have gotten Ralph Sampson, Mitch Richmond, David Robinson, Alonzo Mourning, Glenn Robinson, Tim Duncan, Elton Brand, Blake Griffin, Donovan Mitchell. Luka Doncic. Yeah, I know those guys, guys. You would not have gotten Ron Harper, Clark Kellogg, Terry Cummings. Clark Kellogg. Yep. This is a really, really disappointing, uh, disappointing outing for you for trivia. Back to back, back to back, poor outings. Yeah, I'm gonna study more next week. Get back to the drawing board. Yeah, you better. Okay. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. Definitely, uh, definitely watch out for these uh, poor NBA teams right now to pick them up. Yeah.